0: Hi, everybody. It is almost the top of the hour. We're going to go ahead and get started today. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a couple of housekeeping items as we get started. Um, My name is Paige Heitman. I'm the host of the Scope at Night, a special edition of the Scope podcast. We're going to touch on just a couple of things. First, the Zoom session will be recorded. Um, We'd love to know who everyone is, so please ensure that your name is accurate in um, the Uh, names on here. If you do need help with this, please reach out using the chat box feature. I'll be moderating the session with my Phelps Health Marketing colleague, Hilary McCash, so one of us will be available to help you if and when you need it. We would love to see everyone's faces. If you feel comfortable, go ahead and turn your video on. Please note that each of you are currently muted. Uh, If you have a question that pertains to the topic being discussed, go ahead and add that question to the chat box and we'll try to get it answered. You can also add comments in the chat box. One thing to note about the chat box is that you can send questions and comments to the whole group or even just one person. We would encourage you to send your um, questions and comments to the whole group so that everyone can participate in the discussion tonight. However, you're also welcome to send a private question or comment if you feel more comfortable doing that. We want to encourage everyone today to utilize the reactions that Zoom offers during the discussion. You can use a hand clap, thumbs up, thumbs down, et cetera, to kind of let us know if you like, love, agree, or disagree with whatever we're discussing. Reactions can be found in two places, one either on the top or bottom of your screen, and one you'll see when you display the participant list. If you're watching from our Facebook live stream, hi, we're really glad to have you tonight. Feel free to ask questions, comment, or show us emoticons during our conversation. We will be conducting a few polls um, throughout this Zoom meeting. So you'll get a chance to interact then if you choose. And of course, don't forget the chat feature. Some of you today might be using a mobile device um, like an iPad or your phone. Uh, If you find that your features aren't the same, we just ask that you participate however you can, whatever works best for you. If you do have any issues with your sound, the Zoom meeting or any of the other features that we discussed, please use the chat box and one of our moderators will be happy to assist. So with all that being said, I would love to introduce tonight's expert, Dr. Sylvester Yulo, is an orthopedic surgeon and a sports medicine physician at Phelps Health. Uh, Dr. Yulo, if you want to wave to everybody, we're really excited to have you on tonight. If you want, you can go ahead and uh, unmute yourself, say hi for a second while we get ready to go over to a poll.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. So we're going to start off tonight with a poll. Let me go ahead and pop that up. And again, these are completely anonymous, so free to answer um, however you choose. The question is, do you or a loved one plan on having a hip replacement in the next few years? Give everybody about 10 more seconds to answer. All right, awesome. I'm gonna go ahead and end the poll. And it looks like we have one person at least who's got this either planned on the horizon for themselves or maybe a loved one. So that's perfect. We're really glad that you're here today to join in on our conversation. So Dr. Yula, we're just gonna dive right in. Question number one, what causes hip pain?
1: Well, hip pain, hip pain can be, be uh, caused by a, uh, a plethora of problems. And usually the question we try to ask the patient is, uh, where are you hurting? So, so The definition of hip pain is different depending on who you talk to. If you talk to a common person, um, they might point to a location around the pelvic area or around the hip area and they call that hip pain. So it depends on where the person is hurting. Um, Hip pain due to hip joint is usually a groin type of pain. So they will will come to me and say, listen, it hurts, my hip hurts. But patients tend to point to the groin, where the pain is. So pain in your groin is mostly your hip. Pain on your out the outside of your hip is usually not from the joint, it's from the outside, and most of the time the pain from the outside is most likely due to bursitis, but pain in the joint is from hip. One of the, the most common reasons people have pain, depending on age, is hip arthritis, but sometimes for young people they can have other pathologic processes.
0: I think that's great. So, kind of just diving right into question number three. I think this is a great segue. What do we mean whenever we say hip replacement?
1: So, hip replacement for the, the thing. Hip, so, the, the, uh, hip replacement first of all. Why do we do it? Well, the, the the hip the hip joint. The way it's made, there is a ball, and there is a socket, and the two things come together to make a joint. Now, in a normal young person's hip, the ball and the socket come together, and they form a smooth surface. So there's a layer that covers the inside of the socket, which is very smooth and and is painless. And there is a layer that covers the the ball, which is also smooth. For some reasons, for various reasons, those surfaces can wear out. It's almost like losing the threads on your tires. And those surfaces can wear out. When those those smooth surfaces wear out, the layer behind the smooth surfaces has nerve endings and people have pain. So when you lose those smooth surfaces, what we found is that if we can put something between those surfaces, so they don't have to touch each other, you can have the pain to go away. And so what we do in hip replacement, we put something in a socket, which is usually a metal cup, we put a plastic in our cup, and then where the ball used to be. We put a, a device, which can be a metal or it can be ceramic, and they saw those three surfaces coming together makes the pain to go away. So pretty much what a, what a hip replacement is, is, putting something in a socket and putting something on a ball that comes together, so the nerve ending that cause the hip pain goes away and people feel better.
0: Yeah, I love the way you described that. Moving right along, why might someone need a hip replacement? So kind of what you just talked about, what are some of the, the various reasons that somebody would need this type of surgery?
1: So, so people, so once, once the surfaces we just talked about the smooth surfaces way out, people have pain. And then the question is, well, you have pain, your hip is worn out, what can you do? In the beginning, we tend to say, do things that are non-surgical, like medications, lose weight, you know, things like that. When those things don't work anymore, you're still having pain, then you need a hip replacement.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Dr. Yulo, We did have a question come in that I think is perfect, so we're going to go ahead and ask it. Lori, thank you so much for sending that question in. Um, can you describe a dual mobility hip replacement, and is this being done at Phelps Health?
1: Yes, uh, we we do we do have dual mobility systems that we can use. They they um. Can you still hear me? Yes. Can You hear me? OK, yeah. so so what is dual mobility? Well, remember how I said when you do a hip replacement, you put a you put a you put something in a socket. So it's a metal cup that you put in the socket. And then you put a ball where the ball used to be. So pretty much you just recreate what you already had. Give you a socket and give you a new ball. And what dual mobility t- try to, to do is they give you a ball. They give you actually you have two balls. So one ball into another ball. So instead of one ball, you get two of them. And those two balls can move around each other. So the ball on the outside can move, and the ball on the inside can move. And the theory behind having a dual mobility is the movements of those two balls can give you more motion than having one ball. So that's what pretty much that's what dual mobility is. Just two balls, instead of using one ball for your ball, we do two of them. One ball into another one. So the two balls move against each other. One, the one on the outside moves, and the one on the inside moves. And the idea is the more the, the more movement you have, the more movement the hip is going to have. It, it is difficult to say whether it makes a lot of difference, but that's why they are. And yes, we do have them I uh, Fel's health and we can do them.
0: you Thanks so much, Dr. Yolo. I know we kind of threw that one at you. So it's all question, right. <laughs> question number four. What are the benefits of a hip replacement? And also, what are some of the risks?
1: So so hip, So, in orthopedics, we perform a lot of surgeries. And most of the surgeries in orthopedics, to be honest, besides broken bones, the surgeons will do, they are performed around joints area. All right. And, and some of the surgery involves making ligaments and we have different kinds of orthopedic surgeons we do. Hip replacement is just one of them. And what we found of all the surgeries we do in orthopedics, heavy replacement is probably the best one that gave you the bang for your buck. So it's a really, really good surgery. It's really good when you have a heavy replacement for the right reason. When people get better, they are very happy. It is a big surgery, big with a capital B. And for any surgical procedure, there are risks associated with that procedure. And because hip is a big surgery, they are also risk. The good news is, and there are several of them, we can go over them tonight. If we need to. The good news is there is about 97 to 99% chance that you can go through the replacement surgery without having any of those risks happen to you. So the risks are there, risk, but the chance of having one of those things happening to you is about 1% to 3% chance, most of them. So the chance of having a complication is very low.
0: Great, that's good to know. Hopefully that quells some fears, right? Question number five, what types of- That's correct.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good surgery.
0: Good, good, I'm glad. What types of hip replacement options are available to patients?
1: So most commonly, so there are two major types of hip replacement you can have, or at least that is performed, most commonly. There is a total hip replacement and there is a partial hip replacement. And the only difference is that In a partial hip replacement, in most cases, we just replace the ball and leave the socket alone. And in a total hip replacement, we give you a new socket and a new ball. Um, For for partial hip replacement, most probably about 99% of the time we do that in very old patients that had a broken hip. So usually a partial hip replacement is not an elective procedure. For total hip replacement, in most cases, it is elective. You have arthritis and we do it, and you get a total hip replacement.
0: Moving right along, question number six. Will a uh, patient stay the inpatient or outpatient for a hip replacement? What are some things that somebody can look forward to uh, whenever they're having this type of procedure done?
1: So inpatient versus outpatient. Currently, most hip replacement surgery are inpatient surgeries. We do them, most people stay overnight and depending on how you do, you go home the next day. However, there are more and more people that are doing hip replacement as outpatient. Because it is a big surgery, after surgery, we have to monitor you and make sure you're doing okay before we have, to go, have you go home. At Phelps Health, we are not routinely doing outpatient hip replacement surgery. Occasionally, there is a person that comes in, get a surgery early in the day, go through therapy, and they are doing great, and they go home the same day.
0: Great. So, Dr. Yule, we did have another question come through. Um, you're really popular tonight. People got lots of questions. <laughs> so, the question that came through is, how is pain managed with such a big surgery?
1: So, okay, th- that's a good question. So, um. The, surgery, the procedure itself involves bone, moving bones around, bone cutting, and putting stuff together. So yes, it is a massive surgery. What is, what is fascinating is that it is one of the surgeries in orthopedics that when it performed, patients usually don't have that much pain. So, so, so hip replacement, so we do, as I said, we do joint replacement in orthopedics. We do shoulder replacement, we do knee replacement, ankle replacement. Hip replacement, come to find out, even though it's a big surgery, Patients don't hurt that much. The other thing I think is behind the reason people don't hurt that much. Most patients are having a lot of pain anyway before the surgery. And that surgery takes away that pain immediately. So the pain patients have is surgical pain because we had to cut you, move things around to do the surgery. They have surgical pain. That pain that you should have easily control with pain medications.
0: Great, fantastic. So we'll get right back on track. Question number seven. What should someone expect during a uh, replacement, a hip replacement surgery?
1: So, so what I usually would tell patients, and, and what most people would tell you, is um is um prepare mentally to have surgery. I felt the thing that is good good about our program is that we have patient go through what we call pre uh, pre op before surgery, and, and we'll have you go through a class where you meet people that have hip replacement before so you can know what it went through. You meet people that are also scheduled for hip replacement. And so you go through the whole program and understand what the whole thing entails. And, and then on the day of surgery, you're getting there. It's not, it's not, there's nothing new, because you know what to expect. You have surgery in the morning. You go upstairs. You get upstairs as soon as you get there. Once you're eating something, you get therapy. You start walking right away. Um, and if you're doing good, the next thing you start going up and downstairs. Once you can do those things, then you can go home. But usually at Phils at, at Health, where, where, where I work, we, um, we do a very good job and patients have, um, they really have pretty good and easy recovery.
0: Great, Dr. Yulu, we did have a couple of more questions come in. Uh, the first one is, is there a limit to the number of revisions a patient can have after having had a total hip replacement?
1: Well, first of all, the question really should be, should you be having revi- revisions after hip replacement? Revision of a surgery can be for various reasons, okay? So how, revision means doing it over, doing the surgery again. And there are a lot of reasons people do surgery again. One of the reasons is because the first surgery failed. Well, you don't want to have a failed surgery. And as I said, hip replacement doesn't fail that much. But if the surgery fails, then you need a revision. The other question people have is how long does the hip replacement last? Technically, the hip replacement lasts for about 15 or 30 years. The literature will tell you about 15 years, but by about 80 to 90 percent of hip replacement lasts more than 15 to 30 years. So, So if it lasts that long, the chance of having a revision for most people is almost nil. It's not there. But if you're going to have a revision because the hip did not work, it's not a good thing. Now, if you have a revision that doesn't work, well, then you need another revision. So it's difficult to put a number on how many revisions you can get, but you don't want to have a revision because it didn't work. It's not a good thing for any surgery, which is very low in, in hip replacement surgery.
0: Great, Dr. Yolo, thank you so much for the insight on that. We do have one more question before we continue. Why do some surgeons utilize nerve blocks while others do not?
1: So so nerve blocks are... So it is t- it is difficult to do a nerve block, specifically if if, if you want to use the term nerve block. It, it is difficult to have a nerve block for hip replacement, but you can have something called spanner. So they pull medicine in your, your spine that block the nerves around your hip. If that's what you're talking about, we do those things. Now, usually, at least at Feld Health, it's not a technically surgeon preference. We like doing them. In fact, there are a lot of studies. There's a lot of literature that said it is better to do nerve block for patients that can have one for surgery. So, so I don't think it's, it should be a, a surgeon preference. I think it should be a patient's fr- preference. And I, I prefer my patients to have a spinal if there's not a contraindication or have one. Yeah, a lot of benefit. It decreased pain medicine use, decreased chance of having a lot of bleeding, and, and, and a bunch of other reasons people should have. It.
0: Great, awesome, Dr. Yule. Thank you so much for the insight. Question number eight: If someone has to get a surgery on one hip, does that automatically mean that they'll need surgery on the opposite hip at some point? And can you do both of those surgeries at once?
1: Um, the first question, not necessarily. Um, having hip replacement, remember you have hip. You need a hip replacement if you've lost the cushion in your joint, right? And losing that cushion in your joint is called arthritis. There are different reasons people can have arthritis for, okay? So having hip arthritis, there are various reasons. The most common reason is because of genetics. But there are other reasons people have hip arthritis. And some of the reasons that make you to have hip arthritis can only affect one of of your hip. There are people that live this life, the entire life, that, that they never need hip replacement. A lot of people. And they never get arthritis to need hip replacement. And then there are some people, for some reason, for genetics and other reasons, they need hip replacement. Those people tend to have both hips but you have hip arthritis because you were in a car accident and had a hip problem or you, you were playing sports and had a hip problem there is a high likelihood you may not need hip replacement on the other side because you never hurt that side so so having hip replacement on one side doesn't necessarily mean you need one on the other side however if you have hip replacement because you have hip arthritis related to genetics and other factors, then, yes, there is a high likelihood your other hip is gonna get bad at some point. Now, can you do both hips together? Yes, there are people that do both hips together. The surgery is the same. The surgeon do it. There are, there are a little bit of reasons most of us don't do both of them together. Anybody can do both of them. But, but remember, there are two surgeries. It's almost like you are driving from here to Chicago, but, but they move Chicago twice away from here, right? So, if you took four hours from here to Chicago, well, if you're going to go to Chicago twice, that's eight hours, right? So, each surgery takes a certain amount of time. So, so doing it both hips together with this one surgeon means you will be on anesthesia double that time. So, you can imagine that. So, so there's a certain limit of there's certain amount of time or limit you want to put on how long patient is on anesthesia. Now, there are some, we, don't, so we don't do a lot of, a lot of hip replacement here at Phelps. There are some places where they have teams of surgeons doing surgery. And so if you have two surgeons doing the surgeries, both of them can work on both hips at the same time. And then that decreases the amount of time it takes to do that surgery. So yes, you can have both, both hips done at the same time, but it, it requires a lot of time to be on anesthesia, which is usually not, not ideal.
0: Absolutely. Great. So question number nine, how can someone be best prepared for hip replacement surgery if they do have to have it?
1: The thing I would tell you is one, you need a surgeon. And, and I tell my patients this, um, maybe I'm long-winded or I like talking it sounds like, but if you go to see a surgeon and you need a hip replacement, if your family member went to see, that surgeon needs to sit down and explain to you what to expect, okay? It is mostly about expectations. If a surgeon walks in a room and say, here's your x-ray, you have hip arthritis, you need hip replacement, run. Because they haven't told you anything. The surgeon needs to prepare you. And that's what we do here at Phelps Health. We do a great job. You will meet your surgeon. We spend time with you. We tell you the details about your surgery. And after that, we have you go to a class where you actually have somebody go through every step of what to expect. You get to meet people that went through the same thing. You get to learn from them, from their experience. And then you get to meet other people that were also nervous about surgery. And you said about a ton to go through that whole preparation, you are pretty much set and be ready for your surgery. And that's why if you need surgery, this is the place to come up, I think.
0: Yeah, I would say for any surgery. So I had a surgery, I think like six months ago. And the process, even just to get to surgery was so consistent. I met with so many people. I was able to ask multiple different types of questions. I totally agree with your assessment. I think we do a great job of preparing our patients. So question number 10, what does recovery look like for a hip replacement surgery?
1: The, the recovery is, is difficult. Um, and it, the, um, I say this to my patients and, and then they open their eyes really wide and, and get nervous. And then once I'm done, they, they understand. Recovery from hip replacement surgery is a year. Now, what does that mean? It means If you said I had a hip replacement, I wanted to go hiking and I love to hike. I couldn't hike because my hip was bad, but before I had hip arthritis, I love to hike. And after my hip replacement, would I be able to hike again? Because I want to go back and hike. Yes. But your expectation has to be one year before you can be able to go to do such an activity without being worried a little bit. But the way it works is you have surgery today Let's pretend today is a surgery day. You come in the morning, you have surgery. After surgery, you are up and walking right away. You are up and walking. And most people use a walker just for balance because you are kind of the leg is a little weaker to so your balance. For my patient, between two and six weeks, they are using a cane. And then by between six weeks and three months, they are walking around, pain is gone, and they are doing pretty much normal things. Okay, so so the recovery is individualized. Different people at different point, but most people by three months, you pretty much can get back to your normal things, things you couldn't do even before your surgery. Now to do things that require a lot of walking, standing, like hiking, that can be up to a year to be able to do it and be comfortable doing that stuff.
0: Absolutely. So this kind of brings me to my next question too. So let's say somebody is going through a recovery. They've already had a surgery. How can they manage their pain after a hip replacement? What are some of their options?
1: So, so mostly you, most, the, the most common thing we do is give you narcotics. Um, I've had some patients that go home and they don't have much pain. They said, "Look, when I went home, I took Tylenol." So, it, it, people the people's response to pain is different. But after surgery, usually most people take narcotics for a short time, between two and six weeks. In the beginning, they take more, and at times go by. They, they feel better. They take less and less, and then over time, between that six weeks and three months. Occasionally, some people take a Tylenol, but majority of the patient after six weeks, between six weeks and three months, they don't take anything anymore.
0: Great. Right. So, question number twelve, and then we had another question that came in: Is rehab part of the recovery process? What can a patient expect, and are there any long-term limitations that patients would need to be aware of? That's a lot to Re- unpack.
1: Yes. Okay. Rehab is part of the process. You um. Technically, you can have a hip replacement and never have rehab and you will be fine. But, but rehab is, the rehab is like somebody coaching you to do stuff. It's, it's like you, you want to you you be fit and you want to be buff in a gym, but you go there and just pick up everything you want and try to do it. It's difficult. If you had somebody, you had a personal trainer, you probably would get better faster than somebody who just walk in the gym and pick up everything. And that's what rehab does. The rehab help you and guide you into things to do and how to do things to get stronger. Most of the rehab is about getting stronger and getting a hip stronger. So rehab is usually part of the process. If you didn't have rehab, will you be okay? Yes, you would. It will just take you a little longer compared to the person that's doing rehab. Now, the, next, the second question was, what can a patient expect from rehab? Most of it is about getting you strong. So remember how I said you use the walker in the beginning? Well, at some point they will coach you about how to get from the walker to a cane. Using a cane is not as easy. For instance, if you're going to use a cane and you have right hip replacement, the cane needs to be in your left hand. Most people don't know that. The rehab person is going to guide you to do that. How, Where to put a cane when you move your leg? Which leg to move first? So kind of it's about coaching. And then it helps you to get stronger. So yes, rehab is part of the process. And most people do rehab for about six weeks to three months.
0: And Dr. Hilo, one of the questions that came in that I think is applicable to what you've just been sharing with us is, are there any long-term limitations that patients would need to be aware of?
1: Yeah, so so one of the things, um, one of the things that have become big uh, over the years is something, so, something about how the hip is performed, the hip replacement is performed. Um, w- one of the fears or the complication from hip replacement is that hip can pop out of place, okay? So when we do a hip replacement on, on a patient, We put a remember we put a a socket and we then we put a ball and then we put a ball and socket back together. That hip can pop out of the socket. And when that happens, it's a big deal. You can't, it doesn't go back in. You will have to go on anesthesia, and then we will have to put it back in. The problem with your hip popping out of the socket, when that happens, it most likely will happen again. One of the the easiest way to come out, the most common way it comes out is in the back. It goes back in the back of the hip. It just pops out. And so, and so when you have hip replacement, in most cases, we tell you to avoid deep hip flexion, especially depending on how the hip is done. So taking your knee and bringing it to your chest is usually discouraged. But, but uh, So that's one of the most common uh, restrictions. And as I said, there are two ways to do the hip. We can go through the, the, um, the approaches, that's how we call hip replacement. And there are, there are some advantages and disadvantages of, of doing the hip replacement in different ways. But that's one of the most common restrictions.
0: Great, thanks so much, Dr. Yulow. Um, question number 13, should someone who's getting surgery prepare their home to make it easier to get around? Um, even what about having someone available to help after surgery?
1: I, I usually would prefer if you have somebody available would be a good thing. Getting your house ready for hip replacement surgery can be, it can be difficult to do, all right? So um, most people don't have the means to be able to have the, the house ready for handicap because that's the question patients usually ask. Do I need to have somebody come and tear my entire basement down, give me a ramp so I can get a hip replacement? In most cases, you don't need it. If you have severe hip arthritis, you're pretty much used to getting around your environment because your hip wasn't working anyway. They once you have the hip replacement, the difference between how you were in, before your hip replacement is not that different. And so within a couple of weeks or so, you are doing better than you were doing anyway. So most of the time you don't really need to have a lot of setup. The most common thing though, in the beginning is we like you to have a seat that is higher. Remember how I told you, you want to avoid deep knee hip flexion. So for taller seat, you don't want a toilet seat that is so low. So, in the beginning, we try to have your, your toilet already. So, your toilet seat is a little high, but you don't have to change the entire house just to get a hip replacement.
0: Great. Yeah. Having I mean, somebody
1: at home, though, is, is, is usually helpful.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice to have a taller chair. My father in law recently had a hip replacement and he's got some tall bar stools. So, he went from those to sitting in his normal recliner. So, that's that's great advice. So um, we're just gonna skip on to question number 15. How long does a hip replacement last? I know you kind of already mentioned this a little bit, but let's just touch base on it again.
1: Yeah, about about on average, about 15 to 30 years.
0: Yeah, that one's a pretty easy one, right? I threw you a, I threw you a softball question. <laughs> question number 16, how does life change after a procedure? Will someone who gets a procedure be able to uh, go back to living a normal life or will they need to make adjustments? I think a good example of that is somebody maybe who's a runner. Can they go back to running?
1: Right. So, so this is this is a really good question. So the first thing to do when you have a hip replacement, any joint replacement, is is uh, and, and I, I'm really I do a, I try to do a good job of this. I think I do. Is patient expectation. What do you expect this to do for you? So the first thing to know is a joint replacement is not a new joint. All right, so your joint replacement you have is a replacement. Remember how you used to get a replacement teacher to come to your class when you're younger? They are never like your teacher, no matter how how good they are. So the hip replacement is not a new hip, it's a replacement. And so, yes, there are limitations. You can't, you should not run with a hip replacement. Why? You got metal and plastic in there. It's not the same as your joint. Do people run with hip replacement? Yes. Is it advisable? No. Because you're going to have it fall apart before your 15 to 30 years. So it is not advisable. Uh, Normal life, most people that have hip replacement or that that need hip replacement, life is already miserable. Okay, they are in pain and they can't do a lot of things. So your life is more normal after a hip replacement recovery than the life you had before that surgery. So yes, you will go back to normal life. Now, if your normal life question is, will that be a teenager again? Forget that. That's not going to happen.
0: I think we're all kind of laughing at that one because you're you're absolutely right. Our body is aged, whether or not we're ready for it. And question number seventeen: How can someone maintain a healthy hips throughout their life?
1: So, so they, they are, the 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 thing to do, even before you have a hip replacement, is if you are if you are obese, slimming down will help you. Because one is we know if you are obese and you have hip replacement. Remember how we talk about complications the chance of having complications after hip surgery if you're obese is pretty high. Well, we come to find out if you're obese and you have hip replacement and you did not get complications, the chance of that hip failing is also high. So, so usually one of the most common things we tell people is being obese is if you can get a little smaller, it's better for you before you have a hip replacement and staying not obese after a hip replacement would be a good thing. The other thing is that getting, getting yourself mobile, strong. Well, how can you do that? People come to me and say, well, my hip hurts. Can I get strong? Yes, you can get strong. You can go to the gym and lift. You can ride a stationary bike. You can swing. So, keeping yourself active is overall will help keep your hip healthy and, in fact, keep your whole self healthy. And that's what I tell patients.
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So, we've got a polling question and then we've got a couple more questions that came through. Let me go ahead and pull that up. So how likely would you be to recommend someone to a Phelps Health orthopedic surgeon for a hip surgery? And again, these are completely anonymous. Feel free to answer however uh, you would prefer. We'll give everybody about 10 more seconds. righty, going to go ahead and close the poll share those results. So it looks like everybody would be very likely to recommend um, either themselves or maybe somebody else to Phelps Health orthopedic surgeon. So that's that's great to know. Thank you guys so much for participating in that poll. Dr. Yula, we did have a couple of additional questions that came in. One of the first ones is you have discussed different reasons as to why to get a hip replacement. Does the reason affect your plan of action?
1: No, no. It, it does not. So, so most of the time, if you need a hip replacement, it's because the cushion in the joint has gone. So you have arthritis of some sort. The reasons for having arthritis are different, but the end result is the hip is worn out, you have pain, and you need some way to relieve the pain. So, so the, the end result is the same. You just need a hip replacement to get you better.
0: Absolutely, and the other question that we have come in, Dark Yulo, is whenever you talk about hip pain, does it always um, come from the hip, or can it stem from above or below, and what does that look like?
1: That, that's good, so so remember how I told you people to have pain from the hip, is usually in the groin, right? If you have groin pain, most likely it's from the hip. Now, there are some patients that will have pain... And, and they will point to the groin and the hip area, okay? And then you get x-rays and they have some arthritis. Now, it is very interesting to note that there are some patients that have a lot of hip arthritis that don't have pain from that arthritis. It is, it is interesting. At some point they will have pain, but there are patients that have hip arthritis that don't have pain. So having an x-ray that show arthritis doesn't necessarily mean your pain is coming from there. And so the patients come to see me, and they have hip arthritis on x-rays and they point generally to the hip area and they have pain, they am not sure that it's from the hip arthritis. They are way to try to flush it out, all right? And the most commonly is we give them injections. So if you came to me, you have pain, you have hip arthritis and I was not sure that was coming from your joint, I'll give you an injection inside the joint. Usually it's a numb injection. So I numb the hip up. If your pain is gone, bingo, it's from your hip. If I numb your hip up, And your pain number went away, the chandice from your hip is very low. So there are a lot of ways we can try to figure out whether the pain is coming from the hip joint or or not.
0: Great, awesome. Dr. Yulo, thank you so much uh, for being here today. We really appreciate all of your guidance and your expertise on this topic. So as we wrap up, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to The Scope at Night. We're really glad that you were able to join us. As a reminder, this show has been recorded and will be emailed to all participants. It can also be rewatched on our Facebook page and shared with any family and friends who may have missed the show. If you liked this show and would like to know more, check out our other episodes of The Scope on YouTube or visit FUPSHealth.org. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great evening.
1: Thank you for coming. I appreciate it, guys.